you're doing. I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. The podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I accidentally hit the wrong button, but you will not know if you're listening on audio because I'm going to fix it in post, and you'll never, you'll never know that I hit the wrong button during the intro. It'll be cool. But welcome back, everybody. This this episode's a little bit out there because that guy next to me, I'm Tom or Robots as usual, as I always am, as far as I know. What guy? That guy, that that right there, that's not Lotus of Doom. Oh me? Yeah, yeah. you. What would you do with Lotus? This is Rob the Princess. You know Rob from our patron chats and from he helps run the the ESO guild, the PC guild. He's in chat every time. I think I don't think there's an episode in the last hundred episodes that I haven't said. Rob in chat said this funny thing. <laughs> um, this is it's really yeah. So I'm, how you doing, uh, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I killed Lotus and I am taking his place, uh, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I. I always joke when someone like meets me in the server and they don't necessarily know me yet. I'm like, Oh, you listen to the Elder Scrolls forecast? And they're like, yeah, I do. I'm like, you're about to hear so much from me that against your will that you're going to hate me. Because I'm always in the chat and I always hear you like, oh, Robin Chat says, I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm always there. I'm yeah. Against well, your will. I'm here. At like a good orc, <laughs> you've, uh, you've killed Lotus and now taken his place. And speaking of, of orcs, orcs are your favorite race in Elder Scrolls. Big, big, strong boys and girls, <laughs> big, strong people. And uh, so we were talking because Lotus Lotus is off adventuring. He's going to a bunch of video game stuff this week. And so he's not here and able to do the episode with us. But I reached out to Rob because Rob's such a wonderful part of our community and he's active in multiple different ways. I was like, Rob, Rob will help jump in here. And I was like, Rob, we could we could continue through the locations or we could talk about whatever you want. This could be just kind of a Rob episode. And Rob's like, well, I really do like orcs. And I'm like, all right, well, let's let's think about it. Take a look at orcs. Take a look at things about orcs. What do you want to talk about? And so what did we land on? Well, in my defense, I did start with a location. I wanted to keep the theme. I didn't want to break the waves, but my brain doesn't care. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> Your brain doesn't what care. We're, what we're talking about is what I decided to hyperfixate on in the last few days, which is uh, the nature of the orc religion the nature of the orcs afterlife uh the ash pit realm itself malakath's realm uh so just just that that concept it's just really cool yeah like what what do they believe where do they go when they die like what's going on 
with the orcs, basically, with, with all of that stuff. So let's get into it because this is going to recap some of the things. If you haven't heard the Daedric Prince episode about Malakath, go back, listen to that. But um, we'll give you a quick little recap here. What's so what is the general general consensus about Ma- Malakath? I know this is one of your favorite stories. Uh well, he's like the the disappointed father archetype of the Daedric princes. That's how I like to describe him. But you're saying favorite stories. So well, are you talking but like about the, the origin how he of came uh, to like be? how he came to be? It's generally yeah. believed that he was originally Trinimac, and a okay. conflict with Boethia. Boethia happened. He gets po- yeah, yeah, so digested, just, pooped out. Uh, no, that's propaganda, and I will not stand for these lies to be said on the air. <laughs> but this is the generally like uh, among the uh, the Cyrodillians or the elves. Like this is the generally told. It's actually story. only uh, reiterated in the Dark Elf uh, stories, and then the High Elf stories as to show why the Dark Elves are like so distrustful. They, they tell that version of the story mm-hmm. and the high elves and the dark elves. I don't really see it too much else tied yeah. to a specific culture. Yeah. Well, it seems the, to be one of those just like well-known stories that like you yeah. go anywhere and, and then everybody knows the story. The Orcus version, which is the right version. Okay. So what's the, what's the Orcus for Orcus? Orcus? I'm glad you Orcus. asked, Tom. What's the Orcus version? Um, <laughs> Orcus legends say... That when Trinimac confronted Boethia for the Velavi trespass and tried to fight, Mafala appeared and stabbed him in the back, bringing him to his knees while a gloating Boethia cursed and twisted him and thus turned him into Malakath. Right. Um, that's the only version of the story. There's uh, that's it. anything else <laughs> is propaganda. Everything else is propaganda. So so if you are one of the orcs, then you still have there. The, the similarities here are uh, basically Trinimac gets teamed up on for whatever reason and converted in cursed into basically a brand new being. And that new being is now the father of the orcs and the orcs. The origin of the orcs is tied to that as well. Their their creation in certain circles is believed to be tied to that, that cursing they, they take yeah. on the curse as well. I think in every propaganda and all every telling um, does include that when uh Trinimax form has been twisted and cursed. So are Trinimax loyal followers. And that is the entirety of the orc race is just the people who were loyal to Trinimac. Right. So, uh, so if if we want to actually understand how Malakath fits into the pantheon of Daedric princes, for example, he doesn't. Yeah, that's his whole thing. That's it's <laughs> it's weird because like some people would say, oh, he's a Daedric prince. Others would say mm, he's kind of screwed over Adra. Not not to, I mean, those Adras were all kind of screwed over already, but true, you know, with Lorcan and all that, but. He's kind of like this now double screwed over. Does he fit into one or the other quote pantheon or is he actually somehow part of both? And he's like a screwed over member of both things. That's a very unique question. It's never been asked before. Um, No, I'm kidding. That is the most (laughs) talked about thing in orcish culture potentially i'm not sure if that's a true statement or not but it's definitely up there like there's so many cults just debated on that topic alone right um yeah it's so 
Trinamac is, you know, seen as one of the greatest, most honorable, powerful Adra. And then this happens. And now the Adra cast him away and say, no, he's Daedra. He's not one of us. But then the Daedra themselves are like, no, he's not Daedra. He's not one of us. So no one wants him. He's not fitting anywhere. Yeah. He's kind of a, the nobody that like the eternal outsider. Right. And that's why and he's so are his people. Exactly. And that's why he's worshipped by the races that are themselves outsiders, uh, mm-hmm. orcs and goblins and uh, uh, pantheon <laughs> pantheon. We're just using the pantheon all over the place. A whole host of other creatures who are less than desirable in more cultured places. Yeah, that's a good right? point. I actually didn't even put that in my notes. Like the, the centaurs actually worship him. The minotaurs mm-hmm. worship him. Goblins, reeklings, a lot of the like cultures of sentient races that are intelligent beings but aren't seen as intelligent beings like as you guys say in the show quite a bit uh the orcs weren't even a playable race until morrowind these are just seen as monsters just like a lot of those other races i just named they're all seen as monsters and they're not respected as like actual people right most of those people are the ones who follow malakath yeah yeah so they don't really uh, the, the people who follow Malakath have a very different perspective on uh, all sorts of things uh, like they, their version of reality plays out in some ways very differently from their perspective. They're not sitting at the table when like the different nations across Tamriel are are debating borders and things like that. They're not included in a lot of that. And the orcs keep getting their land taken away from them and they're and they're discriminated against as being too violent or beast like and, and all of this. And across all of the political spheres and all of that, they're create they're treated like outsiders. But that's not the point of this episode. We want to take that perspective and we're getting inside the minds of these people and understand what they believe from a religious perspective and what happens to them when they die. How does this actually play out and what what can we know about that? So let's let's move into um, the religion as a whole, just in, in what what they believe, basically. So beyond just the the creation of Malakath. They, uh, they worship Malak. Many of them just call Malakath Malak or Malakath and Malak might be the same thing, or they might be different things. There's different perspectives, There's a lot of debate about all of that, but in general, they, they are the worshipers of, of Malak. Um, and it's believed that, uh, there are a variety of different clans with their own beliefs and rules, but the main commandments, that all of the clans tend to ascribe to are one do not steal two do not kill your kin and three do not attack without cause and if you break any of the rules you'll pay the blood price and so that means dead the blood price does vary on culture to culture by the way they will like defining what is acceptable as the blood price is not the same across them but the blood price as a theme is across all of them Mm -hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. But they, there's a variety of different clans, and the majority of the clans believe in following Malakath or Malak. They um, they believe in a, the the Daedric realm of the Ash Pit, or the the it's a place in Oblivion, I guess you could say. Uh, in, yeah. if, even if you don't when consider him a Daedra, like the afterlife. They specifically call the Ashen Forge, which I believe is just the probably the center of the ash pit the ash pit is the realm as a whole but the ashen forge seems to be coming up more when they're talking about the afterlife but it's all it's all there right now why do they like this version of the afterlife why does this match their their culture 
Yeah, that's that's in my notes somewhere. That's, that's in your notes somewhere. I mean, it has, it has. There's a lot of stuff that goes on here that is very tied to their identity and the way that they present themselves. So, the orcs are fond of battle and and uh, strengthening strengthening themselves with uh, conflict and all of these things. So when they go to the afterlife then they not only get like food and drink and and all the all the wonderful things you get about going to this place that you've been longing to go to your entire life but also endless battle yeah it very much like when i read the description it says uh, here orcs are promised rewards of immortality abundant food drink constant battle deep within the action for- forge um it sounds just like sovngarde pretty much it is similar. It is. It is very similar. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even some similarities to like uh, the far shores of the Red Guard culture. Um, there's there's a lot of overlap. And this is one of the reasons why it's like, OK, this is a Daedric realm. Why does this sound like a chunk of Aetherius? And yeah. So talk about that, like the, the connection between this being <laughs> seemingly being a Daedric realm or at least a realm of oblivion. And mm-hmm. then this weird connection to Aetherius somehow there's there might yeah, it be sounds like, a, like a, a slice of heaven, quite literally. Um, so <laughs> this doesn't sound bad at all. Um, so on here, it says uh, lending to the ambiguity of Moloch's Adric status. It is said the Ashpit Bastion stretches endlessly across the plains, multiple plains, uh, extending even behind the stars to Aetherius. Uh, so this imply that the realm will bleed into Aetherius and it says planes, plural. So that might mean, you know, other planes of oblivion. It might mean the things that aren't oblivion, things that might not be Aetherius. It's just the Ashpit seems to be a very vast, stretchy realm that kind of bleeds into a lot of other places. Because again, not quite Adric, not quite Daedric, kind of something in between. And just like the orc followers they don't seem to be respected as elves they don't even seem to be treated as beast folk there's something else there's always this something else factor about these people they are the other the pariah folk quite literally yeah malakath the realm everything it's really crazy when you think about the like i'm sure a lot of you have seen the um like the the charts of like this is these are the different realms and here's Aetherius on the outside and then the sphere of oblivion and then inside of that you've got mundus and and you mm-hmm. know uh, like, they always try to like put it in like a neat little wheel they often will try right. to start with the wheel that's the whole the whole base of it but yeah the wheel doesn't thing. ever but it's weird it's weird to think out. of the ash pit as a thing that somehow crosses that boundary like the boundaries of the ash pit like like it's a circle that crosses the boundary between Aetherius and Oblivion. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the great maybe. I mean, so nothing is ever set one particular way. Um, I did have a little addendum added. Do you mind if I go off on that? Sure, go for it. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to talking about the afterlife, it's like, oh, how do we know that the Ashford actually does bleed into Aetherius? Someone could just be making that up to make it sound nicer. And then kind of had this realization about these fantastical afterlifes in the series. Um, They're very difficult to refute because not only do we have, as the protagonists of the games that we've played, we've visited the Far Shores, we've visited Sovereign Guard, um, we've visited many Daedric Realms, but even if we haven't seen all of them firsthand, it's still incredibly likely that these tales that we're hearing about them uh, are very much true. 
I used to be a lot more hesitant to trust the lore that includes the metaphysical stuff. Because uh, how could you really know if that's true, honestly? Right, because in our way. in our own reality, the idea of like, oh, I died, but I came back to life, and I had this vision, and it's like, well, how right. much can is we that trust just that? some guy on Earth trying to start a cult? Right, or, or was that like, something? Is that something weird your brain does when it thinks it's dying? Like, there's a lot of explanations for what that could be, and very little in the in the realm of hard facts. But, and so I have that personal bias. It just yeah. wants me to deny that. I'm like, oh, we don't know if Sovereign Guard exists. And then Skyrim comes out and I'm like, no, Sovereign Guard does exist. I went there. Right. But we've even brought that, souls we back from there. We can summon them <laughs> and ask them what things are like. And they can answer the questions. Yeah. And so it's like not only that, but like, oh, I know what's going to happen to my soul. Not because some guy told me and convinced me. But because my grandma's dead and I asked her and she said that, like that, that could be the case. That That's right. it right there. And it's like, you can't deny that. Right. And, and there's like so much fantastical magic in this world that it's a like everything that we hear about these afterlives are like definitely true unless they're just, you know, told by Vivek, then don't. Well, trust it. I mean, if, if, if not definite, <laughs> if not every detail is definitely true, the there is some sort of substantial quality. Right. To it. Like there is still there the is a foundation factor. You sure. Still want to sure. There is. But there is a foundation of reality there. Like if you mm-hmm. are if you are an orc and during one of your festivals, you're worshiping worshiping Malachath and he shows up. And, and like a vision in the fire and everybody sees it. It's not a mass hallucination. <laughs> like they're yeah. you're so when they say that it this. does bleed into Ethereus, at first I was like, there's no way that's true. But like why would that be a lie? Why would someone put that in there that it, it it's it's evidential proof because they have like the resources to figure that out. Right. Right. Yeah. It's an interesting perspective. And, and um, I hadn't quite thought about it exactly in that in that light, uh, which is really cool. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that concept. Now, yeah. when we get into the details of the ash pit, you were saying it seems like a paradise, but it's still kind of a dangerous kind of place. So, for example, according to the article on the UESP, it says the realm mostly consists only of dust, palaces of smoke, palaces of of smoke how do you go upstairs in a smoke palace i don't i don't know how that works you get high i guess i guess so get, and, that was a pun and smoke high <laughs> and uh vaporous creatures anguish betrayal and broken promises like ash fill the bitter air few mortals manage to reach the realm where levitation and magical breathing are necessary to survive the uh, mages guild have been known to bottle this thick roiling vapor this is something that you can actually like travel there, brave it as a mortal, as a living being who isn't able to breathe the air and bottle this up and bring it back. It's pretty cool. I, I love the description of how it says like it um, consists of like anguish, betrayal and broken promises because like it really embodies Malakath again on mm-hmm. how he was betrayed into as Trinimac. And that's like the whole reason everything about this exists is surrounded by betrayal and uh broken promises yeah and pain so i also I think love that description it sounds a lot like uh the emo poetry that everybody writes when they're like 16 years old he is emo, <laughs> He's like pretty emo. emo but he has very good reason to be emo <laughs> yeah it's true it's true it's but if you if i was to write the lyrics to a song and i used like that in it 
Like, like it's, he's more like the angry emo, not like the, oh, everything sucks. He's like, everything sucks. Everything sucks. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's angry about it and he's proactive about it. Right. That's why I like him. Yeah. So let's talk about the Ashen Forge. So the Ashen Forge sits at the center of Malakath's own stronghold in the ash pit. So this is like, if you're going to the Ashen Forge, you're hanging out with Big Daddy himself. Like, yeah, yeah, like party party at the palace. Right. Uh, for the orcs that revere Malakath, the afterlife promises rewards of immortality, abundant food and drink. And this is what you read earlier and constant mm-hmm. deep battle within the Ashen Forge. Now, you might think of deep battle as being something dangerous and scary. But if you grow up in a society as violent and and uh, all about honor and strength and those kinds of things, this is a constant eternity of being able to test your metal and continue to improve yourself which in which the case here would be that the ashen forge is not forging steel and metal and weapons it's forging the souls that are there to become stronger through combat eternally yeah and you can even see in the commandments it's kind of implied it's like baked into their culture do not attack without cause you're fine to attack your people that's fine not without cause though right because they're all about violence they love violence be it's justified them it. more than anything yeah yeah um and yeah there was actually uh an instance from the greg key books a uh, greg keys book that uh where they uh had visited the ash pit uh, let me see if I can find that in here. Here it is. Uh, some areas of the realm are safe for mortals. In 4E48, Malakath chose to bring Soul and Prince Atribus Mead, which were the, I'm guessing the main characters of the book. haven't read it yet. Um, where they found the garden of slender trees and vines festooned with lily-like flowers wound about the trunks. A multitude of spheres moved deep in the color of the sky as distant and pale as moons. This garden seemed to have some emotional significance to Malakath, who described it as a shadow of a garden and an echo of something that once was. Back to his emo-ness. I love it. Yeah. Well, it also <laughs> I, it also emphasizes this idea that Malakath is not has not always been in this form has not always been cursed yeah and and in some ways longs for the time before that before this change happened yeah and and, and, and can see beauty he, i mean like it, it, these are yeah, beautiful he's not flowers all, like, angry and death he's in forge and blacksmith he does like the forge part but like he he has a garden he misses his home and the whole place is made of ash and smoke as kind of like this is a silhouette of what once was this whole realm is a silhouette effectively it's lost its color it's lost its life uh, but it's all still there yeah and the fact that he still keeps a garden i think is it's is particularly interesting like <laughs> like yeah in this in this ash heap this this land of just dust and, and almost nothingness shadows and smoke you know, I assume the plants in the garden are probably also made of ash. Maybe. But I, I don't maybe. know. Uh, it doesn't actually say, but I, I assume because it's just kind of like, it's just the garden that used to be or a shadow of it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, that's, it's really cool. It's uh, like the imagery here is, is really interesting and really neat. And as a people who grow up in a society that is shunned by everyone else, you can see why they would feel at home here because 
they, they their lives are full of strife and things being taken away from them and being crapped on by the other races and yet they can go a play, to a place like this and they can they can honor their journey in like this maximum kind of way this is who we are and this is who we will stay it's interesting. You're not supposed to say crap on when talking about orcs, only other orcs. Can say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, tell you what, let's take a quick break. We got to thank our patrons and we've got some more stuff to get to. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Hamish Morak, Dragonborn. And you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons for being so awesome and helping to support this show. And first off, we've got to shout out our newest patrons. We've got Vance P and Berg and Jacob K, our newest tier five patron. So you're going to get another shout out in just a minute. And Taylor H and Edward N. Welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for your support. And we have to shout out our Daedric Princes, which include all Jacob K., who's our newest Adric Prince, Kira C, Neon Knight, and Noodle Al Dente. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all 133 of our current patrons and your support. If you are interested in checking out what you can get on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Check out all the different items, ad-free stuff, uh, ad-free episodes, ep- early episodes, stickers, t-shirts, and you can join us for our patron chat, which happens in just one week on the 30th. Thursday the 30th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And if you are a tier four or higher patron, feel free to join us. We'd love to have you jump in. Rob will be there. We'll be chatting up about something. We haven't decided yet, but we'll figure it out. And if you haven't signed up at a tier four or higher and you want to join us, you still have time. So go check that out if that's something you're interested in. Thank you to everybody for your support. Also, we have a new review. This is from Apple Podcasts. If you leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts. we'll read it out on a future episode of the show this is from war crew 566780 in the united states he writes the only thing that keeps me going this lore cast alone is what gets me through the workday. both robots and lotus bring intelligent and insightful information to each episode the patron chats never fail to give me a chuckle and offer many other perspectives on topics from the elder scrolls i always always waiting for the next hot take from falcon <laughs> i love that um yeah falcon's always got some good hot takes uh thank you war crew for for dropping that in apple Podcasts. that that always helps to get these five-star reviews it lets people know that the show's worth checking out so if you do decide to leave one we'll read it out on a future episode of the show and um a big update has happened on spotify you can rate the show on spotify but now uh as long as your phone your app on your phone updates mine has updated i know some people still haven't updated but double check because each episode you'll see where it says what did you think of this episode? And you can leave a little comment per episode if you want. So that opens it up kind of in a strange way because we could potentially get way more comments on those. I can't read those all out on the on the show because that'll take forever. But if you would like to leave us a positive comment on the episodes about something particularly you liked about that episode, that would be great. And just like commenting on a YouTube video. Hey, I really like that you mentioned this thing or what about this? Feel free to drop that stuff in there. I will check it out. And, uh, um, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll see it. Other people will see it and it will be very beneficial to the show if you want to help us out that way. So thank you to everybody and your support. Let's get back to the rest of the show. You're 
listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right, we're back. Uh, now, we've talked about the Ash Pit. We've talked about the main belief among the majority of orcs in the clans. I did do a little boo-boo, I think. I spent Uh-oh. a little tiny fact. Um, when we were talking about how the ash pit does bleed into Ethereus. I forgot mm-hmm. to say what that means for the afterlife of the orcs. Yeah. Uh, when they pass to they go to the ash pit, they can choose a more traditional afterlife is how it's phrased in the UESP and, and just choose to go to Ethereus because that realm is connected. They can just choose to stay in the, the realm of the ash pit or they can move on to Ethereus if they want. So that's really cool. Yeah, Malakath doesn't necessarily force them to stay there. Yeah, that's great that they have the freedom to to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really cool. So the majority of orcs have this general belief, but there have been times in the history when specific kings have tried to shift belief and worship back to Trinimac. Now, why would they do that? Uh, for the polls. <laughs> for the for the polls, because it's a political move. I mean, yeah, it quite literally is uh, for a major. I, I think it's uh, safe to say every single time they've done that was a political move. They are just trying to gain the favor of the neighboring regions, whether it be High Rock or just the Empire or Hammerfell. Um, they are like, oh, we don't worship Malakath because we know you hate him. Right. Um, so we worship Trinimax. Trinimax and Adra. You guys love Adra, right? Trinimac's the best. You, you saying you hate Trinimac? That's pretty rude, dude. <laughs> That's pretty rude, dude. Yeah. So this was King Kurog of the second or of second Orsinian and King Gortwog Gro Magorn of Nova Orsinium. Both of them attempted to do this, and then as soon as they were no longer in power, everything went right back to the way it was before. Everyone's like, now nah, we're Malak's the guy we're worshiping. Which just Malak. shows that it was just a, an empty kind of political move. Although the people following it don't see it as an empty political move. The people following it are like, oh, yeah, let's follow Trinimac. He sounds great. They are, you know, all about it and they go into it. But then as soon as the, the mandate goes away because the king who pushed it into force is no longer there to mandate it, everyone else just goes right back to Malak. Yeah, it just it didn't stick. So, so that has happened a few times. Um, it's similar to what we were in the pre-show. I was talking about this uh, in ancient Egypt in like the 1300s BCE. Uh, Akhenaten, one of the uh, pharaohs, <laughs> thank you, uh, changed the location of the not only changed the capital city, but also mandated that the religion switch to a monotheistic religion. Like we know about the Egyptian pantheon and Osiris and Ra and all of those. Well, he was like, no, we're only going to worship one. And that also in that instance only lasted as long as he was Pharaoh. And then it went back to how things were before because everybody else didn't like that idea. So this a lot of times we'll find we've noted this before. You find things in the lore that mirror things in the real world. Now, there are some other religious orders and cults among the orcs. I'm I'm just going to go quickly through this list. There's the Agra Krun which is a religious order dedicated to protecting the sacred word of Malakath, which translates to blood shield in the common tongue. The group operates in secrecy, but for the few that know of them, they are seen as a beacon of light. So Agrakrun, Agrakrun. All of these things sound like things you could yell as an orc. 
And then there's Malakath's Brutal Breed, which is a group of fanatical Malakath followers that existed during the first era. So now we're going way back in time. Their main purpose was to wipe out and murder Bretons and Red Guards for every real and imagined slight perpetuated by them against the orcs. Legends about the cult say that the group sacrificed an entire Breton village to the ash pit. I miss the good old days, you know, back in Orsinium when they were, they really knew what was what. <laughs> you know, you just slaughtered an entire village. That's yeah. Cool. Back in the good old days, we, we just, if I even thought you looked at me wrong, even if you didn't have eyes, cause I took them last time, I'm going <laughs> to kill you. Your dog uh, looked at me weird. <laughs> going to kill you. Yeah. And then there's, uh, the Voshrock, which are a group of fan- fanatics. Why are they all fanatics? Dedicated to the worship of Trinimac, their goal is to bring the orcs back to their Aldmeri roots. Voshrock in Orcish translates to Blade of Courage, which directly refers to Trinimac's legendary weapon, the Penitent. They see themselves as the sword made manifest, and their goal is to rid is uh, rid the tradition that held the orcs back for many years. And like we noted before, any of these movements to go back to worshiping Trinimac never really lasted. And then there's the the Wrathful Flame, which is a religious order dedicated to lighting Malakath's pyre in the ruins of First Orsinium. So these are some of the little cults and, and other little groups. I also forgot um, I was telling you earlier as well, the, the word of the day. I learned a new word while looking at this because uh, the way they describe the Orcs religion as a whole is um, monolatrous. Which I was like, what is that? Yeah. Talk about that. Um, that just means they worship one God without denying the existence of all the other gods. They, they know they're all there, but they don't care about the other gods. They are monolatrous in that they are like, yeah, those ones are there. We like Malakath. We worship Malakath. And that's actually very unique to Tamriel. I, I only did like a brief, like scope through my memory and some like brief research. And I was like, yeah, I think they're only one of two cultures in the entire like series. that does this. And that's the orcs. And uh, the skull, who uh, the I think they worship the Allmaker, is what they call him. I mean, it sounds right. I yeah, top of my head. I think, that, I think it's the Allmaker. I think those are the only two cultures in the entire series that are you know worshiping a single deity. When everyone's very much aware that these other deities are in fact there, they're not denying the existence of any of them. But for some reason, these cultures only worship one. Only worship it's very one. unique. Right. Yeah. Like if you if you're raised, you know, in Skyrim or Cyrodiil or Somerset, you understand that there's a pantheon of gods and you may pray to specific ones at certain times. Or maybe you just like one more than the rest. But it's rare to just be like, yeah, I only worship Akatosh. That's it. Well, and also on, on a mainstream level, it's very unique because like a, a person saying, oh, I only worship Akatosh. That's, I guess, still a bit weird, but not as uncanny. But having like an entire civilization say, no, we only worship this one. That's yeah. that's where it's very weird. Right. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> um, this is one of those things that I think a lot of people don't think about in our own world, tying things back to reality. Uh, in the modern world, if you are part of a monotheistic religion, then your belief is that your God exists alone and other gods are fairy tales. And so if you if you worship the Christian God or the Muslim God or, or whatever, this is my God. This is the only God. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is just examples. Calling them fairy tales. I'm like, that's not necessarily. But yes. But no, yeah. if, I mean, I mean, I 
yeah, I, I've been in around this for a while. And the majority, yeah. if you walk up to a Christian on the street and you say, is just did Thor did or does Thor actually exist? They'd be like, mm, no. <laughs> or he said, but then yeah. if you said, what about Allah? And if they're a Christian, they're going to be like, mm, maybe they're just misunderstanding my God. But there's one well, that's kind of where like, oh, does right. Thor exists like, well, we believe that they just misinterpreted this religion well, and, and it's actually my God. Yeah. And some people will say that some people will say that my my God is the only God and other people have seen aspects of my God, which have right. led them to misunderstand the truth. And so they end up worshiping just a small piece of the truth or something like that. Some yeah. people will say, no, those people are absolutely mistaken. Those things never existed. And it's just all fairy Ooh, tales. All right. Yeah. It's just that people <laughs> just didn't know better back then or whatever. Right. And it, it this is in our world. It's very we live in a diverse enough culture where it's individual to the individual. It's where you reach in your own spiritual journey and whatever you believe in and all of that. And you might have, I mean, you walk into a church on a Sunday and you ask every single one of the people in the pews, their theology, and they're all going to have slightly different takes on everything, right? Like we all have mm -hmm. diversity in that. And what you're seeing here is yes, there's diversity among the orcs, but for the most part, they're pretty pretty secure in this is the way things are and like you were saying before like if you've if you know that grandma went to the ash pit and she's still there because you were able to communicate with her somehow through magic or whatever like you've just got proof so it, it creates yeah. less diversity i think that the solidness of evidence oh yeah absolutely so it's it's kind of i don't know I think it's it's a really interesting perspective on this stuff. We've talked in some of the other episodes as well about the nature of what happens to souls when they die. I saw some conversations on the Discord. Um, I think it was a few weeks ago. People were just throwing out ideas like, well, what happened? How do you know where your soul's going to go when you die? Right. Like it's. Is, and if you worship kind of Malachi, the answer was no one knows, but I guess we kind of do know. I mean, it seems like for the most part, if you make a deal with one of the Daedra or at least one of the most powerful <laughs> beings in the world, and that's the only deal you've made and they honor the deal. So if those things happen, then your soul does the thing that they said it's going to do. So for Malakath, it goes to the ash pit for theories, uh, but it goes to the ash pit and you have the option of going to a theories, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for Nords, you go to sovereign guard for uh, different races. You, you do what, like if you the make a choice for the red guard, so on. Right. So if you make a weird, wacky deal with Sheogorath, maybe you end up in the shivering isles. We don't know, but there are souls there doing weird and wacky stuff and somehow they got there. Or if you get captured by one of these I don't know, more malevolent Daedra, then maybe you get taken to their realm and then you no longer you never can escape and that's Mologball, just where you go. If you become a vampire, you're you're damned to be in his realm whether you want it to be or not. Right. But what happens if you both become a vampire but you're an orc that worships Malakath? Does the vampire overrule the connection with Malakath? Do they have to duke it out? Is there I like in that specific example? Yes, the vampire does overrule it because um, it's it's literally in your blood. Yeah, maybe like or, or is there like a I don't know once a millennia the danger princes all duke <clears throat> it out for the souls that have mixed uh, endings 
Yeah, I think there is kind of like a, a wrestling contest of some sort with the powers that be um, when that happens. That's the only thing that makes sense, but mm-hmm. it also seems very tedious for them to keep up with all of the souls that are coming in and out. And they're like, you can just have that one, bro. I'm, I'm tired today. Yeah, I feel like and um, um, HE in chat says, what about becoming a werewolf? Yeah. So you, if you become a werewolf, do you go over to uh, what's well, his face? The, the um, vamp here seen here uh, seen's curse of being a werewolf and Molar Bell's curse of being a, a vampire. I think those supersede it every single time because they are a curse. They are not a deal that you did not pray to them. You didn't make a deal. It wasn't something that was agreed upon this is happening whether you want it to or not so i'm, I'm assuming those ones specifically would supersede um potentially yeah then you have arguments like well what about the dragonborn who promised his soul to every single entity that you could even think of and also can't, could have become a werewolf or a vampire or if you have console commands both <laughs> right um, right or what about what, what about every player character in eso who is the yeah. soul shriven and what if like the majority of them never get their souls back well if they never get their soul back when they die nothing happens except their soul remains trapped in cold harbor that that makes so sense. it just their stays in cold trapped harbor. there right so but what if happens you what if their soul. soul is trapped in cold harbor but then they become a vampire i guess it stays in cold harbor then they go back Molek to ball? cold harbor a second wait time. cold harbor is molek balls yeah right. so <laughs> like, what if what if you become a werewolf down. then what if you become a werewolf well, then we're back to the arm wrestling again. They have to arm wrestle, right? Like, uh, what? There's, there's, I don't know. There's a mix of stuff here. Also, it's messy, yeah. It's and messy. then, like, with the dragonborn, it's like, oh, it's such a powerful entity. Uh, it's a more powerful soul, as like the rumors. Uh, like, oh, you see it on Reddit threads. Like, well, like the dragonborn, we're just going to choose where they go. It's like, well, maybe, maybe, but maybe not. Or we the Nerevarine, really, right? Like, yeah, same kind of thing. Like, this is uh, supposed to be the second coming of that of the Nerevar. Yeah, did they? come back but then where do they go after the whole that thing of morrowind was whether or not that prophecy was really true or not so that's still a bit of a gray area but right and it's another one of those like gray points um yeah but then there's the whole thing and and so everyone knows we've covered most of the stuff we wanted to cover about orcs on this episode if there's anything else rob that you wanted to point <laughs> yeah. out let me know um this is why it's kind of fun to go off on this tangent at the end here uh but then you have souls that just get trapped in the world spirits like ghosts and those kinds of things that just yeah they maybe they didn't make a deal or maybe they slept through the cracks it's almost like the the visual i get is that where the souls end up is like a really complex <laughs> really complex mini golf course right <laughs> and and you know you when you know when you shoot your ball into like one of those contraptions in a mini golf course and there's like multiple places it could fall down into like a almost like a yeah. like a not like a like, like a, a plinko, plinko machine game. right and yeah. then it, it ends up in one of the things and then it comes out a tube and it gets closer to the hole or it goes over to this other side or in the sand <laughs> trap or whatever right like i feel like sometimes souls for the most part go where they're supposed to go like goes up into the machine and it's like oh you're going to the ash pit now you're in the sand trap it goes out the tube right but sometimes you hit that ball too hard or in a really weird way and it goes like it bounces off the thing in a weird direction or falls through the cracks there's no way we're going to be able to make sense of ghosts in tamriel because tamriel doesn't make sense of ghosts there are like depending on where you're at and what time it is and 
or if you know all the stuff there's 11 different kinds of ghosts yeah. there's like the animus and then there's your soul which is somehow different from the animus of your soul and then there's the uh, they always split it into like a uh, game mechanics so like oh here's the health of your being and the stamina of your essence and your magicka all split into three parts they do that a lot in this, with the ghosts yeah but like none of them are any one set coherent way so and my guess there is that like they're either souls that we're going to go to ethereus and something has you know occurred in their life or afterlife that got them stuck here or they were intentionally put there by like a daedric prince who is like oh i'm gonna keep you trapped on tamriel as a ghost until you figure this out or as a form of punishment or whatever it (laughs) also but like you were saying before sometimes it seems like they get trapped because of like unfinished business or whatever like the the traditional kind of like oh the place is haunted because they died and they didn't they're you know they're mourning their lover underlying factors if they are still a ghost so they have unfinished business of some kind right so what that implies though is that whether intentional or not, your soul has some control, even after death, of continuing to the place where it should go or not. So if you're an orc and you've, and you've been worshipping Malakath, you're a good orc, you've worshipped Malakath your entire life, you're expecting go- to go to the ash pit. On some level, there's still control where you can keep your soul from going to the realm of Malakath. Or... The way Maybe. I took it was if if it's tied to a Daedric realm, no, unless it's by the choice of another prince or that prince. Maybe they are Maybe specifically not. doing it. I mean, that would but mean that. I guess there's no, that's just my inclination uh, from my own internal thoughts. There's nothing saying yeah. that. So. Well, if 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 part of Malakath, if the Ash Pit actually exists in Oblivion, then technically it would be like a Daedric realm, and yet any orc that would if that's the case no orc would ever be a ghost or at least not a ghost for that reason right you uh unless their soul was going to go to a theorius in the end and somehow somehow got shortcut i guess because like i feel like a theorius doesn't have a hold on the souls because it's all like the adric realms and the the adra are like kind of dead but kind of not and they'll just let you come to them when you're ready they're they're they are they don't have as much of a hold whereas the data are a lot more proactive in it yeah. like we want these souls yeah so that was my theory on it but I, there's nothing really saying it has to be that way so you're you could be absolutely right with that yeah i, I, don't, I don't know, know. i'm just i'm just throwing stuff yeah. out there it's it's this interesting thing but um yeah so anyway i i think that's most of what we wanted to cover today was there uh, anything else cool. Uh, one thing, and I'm only bringing it up now because they were, I had no, they had nothing to do with the episode. I just found this in my research and I was like, oh, that's neat. I should bring that up because I didn't know that. Um, did you know that Orsinium is still standing in the fourth era? I'm, I'm, I think so. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it that much. I, I, if you, I mean, if you I were to ask me all these stories, if you were to ask how, me, is Orsinium still, is Orsinium standing in the fourth era? I would say probably because they keep remaking it. Yeah, but they keep breaking it down. They too. break it down, and but I then they like oh, the, the, they but, they are really down in the dumps this time around. Yeah, but that's the nature of the orcs is that like they get knocked down, but they get back up again. They're like Chumbawamba. They are like just like Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. If nobody nobody's gonna know that reference, <laughs> it's not 1990 anymore. We could we could sing the song for you. Look up Chumbawamba if you don't know the song. The orcs are like Chumbawamba. I'm trying to remember the name of the song itself, but I, I don't. I don't think it's called "Knockdown." I don't know. Uh, uh, but I found out that Orsinium is still standing. Uh, the Tub most thumping. recent 
Tub thumping. Tub thumping, yeah. That's the name of the uh, song. The most recent uh, Orsinium is just south of the Dragon Tail Mountains. And it's like, so Markarth is just on the other side of the Dragon Tail Mountains in Skyrim. It's pretty much just on the other side of that mountain range in between Markarth and Dragonstar, which we you just talked about Dragonstar yeah. and being in the Craglorn area, which is like Hammerfell, but right on the border of High Rock, Hammerfell, and Skyrim. Yeah. So... That's where Orsinium is, is right in between that area. So now Dragonstar is right on the border of four areas. That's crazy. There's there's probably uh, four corners in Tamriel. That's cool. There's four corners. Yeah, but <laughs> that also means that if we're going to that zone in the next Elder Scrolls game, we might get an Orsinium as a location. Yeah. Yeah, depending on how location. far they jump, I, it might yeah. have been destroyed again by the next time we get to the the next installment of Elder Scrolls. But it would be really cool. Yeah, and assuming we, they do the entire zone and they reach that far back to the mountains that we've already been on the other side of, but you know they could. Yeah, it'd be cool if we got like a Hammerfell game. Assuming that that is the most popular opinion, and then from there we get a bit of Orsinium because it's right in that area. That would be really cool. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think there's a lot of potential in the next Elder Scrolls to see things from the some of the races that we don't see as much from. So getting more fleshed out about the orcs, getting more fleshed about the Red Guard, particularly, and that part That's of the world. But then you also have, I mean, I feel like <laughs> always you're going to have the Khajiit, other than in ESO, the Khajiit and the Argonians are always going to be like the wacky foreigners. Always. And in this case though if you if you do have that zone it borders on so many other zones other than like any major elven zones but it could be a very human-centric kind of game with all the different cultures kind of merging together in that one place yeah i i wish that shadow key was not made when it was and with the game system that it was when they tried to make it on the nokia yeah um engage because that one has a very awesome location for the game setting. It's in Dragonstar. So it's it's got the Nords from Skyrim. It's got the Red Guards from Hammerfell. It's got the Bretons from High Rock. All of their cultures clashing together, right? In Dragonstar and Azure's Passing. And it's just a really cool opportunity for the games. We don't really get to see a lot of the interesting uh, interactions there because it's a Nokia engage game made in the early 2000s. Right, but right. hopefully we get another shot at that and we get a, another game in that area. Cause I find that area just so interesting because not only is it those, but you have the orcs as well. They're always in that area, whether they're nor- further North up or maybe they're right in that area, depending on where Arsinium is, the reach are always in that area as well. Uh, you got yeah. the the minotaurs the are Colovians. in northern Cyrodiil. It's close to that, like the Colovian side of Cyrodiil. Yeah. So you have, yeah. that's what I was saying, the minotaurs are in northern Cyrodiil, and right. then you have the Colovians as well. Um, so there's a lot of culture clashing right in that area. That's the sweet spot, in my opinion. I, I want to see more areas, uh, mo- more games focused in that area. It's such a cool area. Yeah, that would be really cool. Or uh, like an Orsinium in the middle of all of that, vying for its existence, like justifying ex- existence among many cultures that are it's trying a tough to like place to hold the throne. Yeah, that's pretty ballsy of them to settle this newest Orsinium right in that area because that's where everyone's at. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, Rob, thank you for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. I hope I hope you had a good time. Thank you for letting me join. I've been keeping my cool and I try to not make <laughs> you feel uncomfortable. But this was so exciting. This is literally my favorite podcast. Oh. 
I am so excited to be here. So thank you. Oh, well, thank thanks you. for joining me. And we'll, we'll do this again next week, but with a whole bunch of other people. So yes. that'll be fun. I'll um, see you next time. Yeah. You got anything else you want to share before we head out? Uh, yeah. I mean, for anyone who is in Las Vegas, uh, and is listening to this, like as soon as it's released, uh, catch me at the pirate festival in Las Vegas. Cause I am I've literally after done recording this, I am going to get uh packing and get dressed in my pirate gear and I am going to pirate festival. Awesome. That's what I do. Awesome. Um, Can you share some pictures? Pic- picture didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I'm really bad with photos. I'll That's try right. to take a photo or if, two. If you get a few, share, share them. I'm sure. I just get my friends. I'm like, see. Hey, you took photos. Can you send me one of those? There you uh, go. There I'll you post go. it in the discord. Yeah. I'm always dressed like a pirate during that time. Uh, and then I will, uh, be at the next patron chat. You can follow me on Twitter, Rob the princess. I don't really post much, but I'm still there. So you can do it anyways. <laughs> um, PC guild leader for the Lorecasters, as mentioned at the beginning. Uh, so if you send your application or if you don't know where to do that, reach out to me. I'll happily let, help you join and we can play ESO together. I'll show you the ropes if you're new or I'll ask you for some ropes if you're more experienced than me and we can all join together and we'll have a lot learn. of fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Also, uh, we'll see you and everybody else going to Las Vegas in just a few weeks. We're three weeks oh out. Gosh, three yes. weeks out from from Las three Vegas. Weeks. I've booked so my flight for that. We got flight booked. Uh, everybody's planning on going. And again, we'll post some more stuff on the discord as we like to slumber of. party at my house. So we're all hanging out at Rob's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't actually try to come to my house. <laughs> don't worry. It'll be all right. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, you can check out the rest of my shows at robotsradio.net. If you're looking into other shows, <laughs> other Bethesda games, other lore casts, other shows on the network by other hosts that are doing awesome stuff. Go check that stuff out if you're looking for more podcasts. And we'll see you next week with the patron chat. Everybody stay safe out there. And, you know, if you go to the ash pit, go visit the garden. I hear it's beautiful. I'll see you guys later. Marion Orc. Marion Orc. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time